Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Hey folks, once again, the Short Time Wrestling Podcast here. Jason Bryant here with you, multiple-time award-winning broadcaster, journalist, and wrestling announcer. Do a lot of things in the sport of wrestling, historical and uh, present tense like this show here. Today we'll be talking with Paul Kesaw. He is the head wrestling coach at Fresno City College. The Rams just won their eighth California Community College State Championship in the last 13 years, third in a row, sixth in the last nine years. Coach Kesaw was an NCAA champion at CSU Bakersfield as an athlete, has been out there 13 years in California doing some pretty cool things in a very competitive league. We've had Donnie Gary out on the show before talking about it. Coach Kesaw is making another appearance. We've also had Dave Pacheco up from Sac City on the program. We've mentioned all three of those guys on the program. But it's something the wrestling community kind of overlooks sometimes. So this is a a look into the uh, the most unique wrestling league as they they compete in the fall. We'll discuss that. We'll also talk about other things in regards to how uh, a possibly a fall schedule, maybe for the rest of wrestling, might work better than pushing it back into the spring. Interesting topics to be had. So if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. If you like this episode, you like what you hear, I encourage you to go to matttalkonline.com slash listen. That is where you can pick up a myriad of ways to subscribe to this show, including specific apps for iOS and Android platforms. Of course, we're everywhere. You can find good podcasts except for Caldor and Kmart. I don't think those two either exist anymore, but that's where we're at. So without further ado, also, you'll also get bad jokes here at the end of these things. Paul Kesaw, Fresno City College. Let's roll on short time. Episode 484. Yeah, been doing a long time. And now on the show, we welcome back Fresno City College head wrestling coach Paul Kesaw as the Rams. That is the FCC, and we're not talking Federal Communications Commission. This is the Fresno City College Rams. Won their third straight. California Community College State Championship in sixth in the last nine years. And of those three years you didn't win, Coach, you were second. So the last nine years, your squad's been first or second in the California Community College State Championships. That's uh, that's about, that's pretty close to dynasty type of status there. We've had a good run, for sure. We've had a lot of kid, good kids come through the program, and 
they've definitely made me look good for the last nine years for sure. <laughs> well, when when you look at the the dynamic of junior college wrestling, whether it be at the NJCAA or the California Community College level, you know, you got two years, maybe three, depending on how you know people take their classes and such. You can't come in with like a stout recruiting class and then run shop for four or five years. I mean, you've constantly got the turnover and you know, how do you as a coach maintain that success with wrestling when you have such, such a turnover each year? Um, you know, this is my 13th year at city college and I feel like past successes are really starting to help me out now. Um, you know, I think now I've, I've had some coaches who have reached out to me in recent years because they've seen the successes of not just kids who have wrestled for me, but the kids who have gone on after they've wrestled for me. Um, that, those are the ones that have really, I think, kind of helped a little bit and, and also helped um, local coaches realize that if, you know, if you send a kid here, he's going to have a chance you know, not only to do great in wrestling, but have a chance and an opportunity to go somewhere else and compete and graduate from college. And that's really, I think, the big goal these days is to try to graduate from college. Yeah, in some situations, you'll have guys that, that leave the state of California. They'll go Division One, they'll go Division Two, they'll go to a different place. Uh, you know, like your 74-pounder, your he went out Division One out east, ended up coming back, and, you know, gets that gets that fresh start and whatnot. So, uh, you know, getting guys college degrees, you know, sometimes people look at junior college in, in a negative stance. But in, in California, it, it's not, not just from a wrestling standpoint. It's a way of life for a lot of people. They go two years. They may end up going to UCLA or Berkeley or something like that. But they go the, the junior college route first because for a lot of them, it's, it's more affordable. You, you know what, Jason? You're absolutely right. And, you know, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. And, it's, I mean, here in the state of California, you can start anywhere. Your local junior college and end up, like you say, at UCLA. i got a kid right now He's getting recruited to NYU. Um. And, I mean, he, he never even took the SAT in high school. So, you know, these opportunities are there for kids. If you're willing to work and put your time in and, you know, build a platform, um, you know, the sky's the limit for these kids. And really what people don't understand is it opens up more doors for kids if you do take the junior college route and you're willing to, to put that time in and get better. And not only um, athletically, but academically, too. Um, there's plenty of opportunities for you. And, you know, when you come out of a junior college, you're already a proven commodity to college coaches. You know, you've already competed, you know, athletically for a couple of years. But academically, you're a proven commodity. You know, these days, you know, back when I wrestled, you could fail out of college and no one really cared. There, You know, there's another scholarship next year. But, you know, these days with the APA scores and, you know, all the things that these guys are held accountable to, they need kids who are going to come and be successful. They They can't afford to miss on kids. So, you know, junior college kids are, are becoming a, a really good product for these guys. So, yeah, good time. Where I've seen a lot of the, the especially the California junior college influence at the next level has been really in the Division Two and the NAI, where there are scholarships, so they are getting money to compete, a lot of these small schools. And, you know, Dave Pacheco up at Sac City has also sent a slew of guys to the Dakotas. Whether whether uh, he was mad at them, I don't know why, but they go from California to the, <laughs> the central northern plains. But, uh, you know, what are some of your, your better success stories in pushing guys, not just to the Division One level, you know, Ali Nazer had a career there at Arizona State, but, uh, you know, at the at the NAI Division Two level that, you know, you really saw your athletes thrive and get that degree where they may have had uh, a, per, a pretty rough upbringing. Uh, I, I can. I just <clears throat> got off the phone with the Dickinson State coach today. Was talking to him. You know, we had Angel Olay graduate from there, and 
Uh, we've had Steven Arquizo graduate from there. I have a kid right <clears throat> right now, um, Casey Jones, who's there. Um, you know, I've had kids all over, Dawn, um, you know, we have Kevin Corbett, who wrestled for me, who is now a women's coach in Arkansas at Lyon College. Um, you know, Arson Alexanian started a wrestling program out here in California called Life Pacific, and his assistant coach is Brady Brasarno. And both of those guys wrestled for me. They're both state champs. They were both OWs. You know, they both went on and wrestled at the four-year level. Um, you know, I mean, I have tons. Of, you know, Arnolfo Ole just graduated from Wartburg University. Um, you know, uh, Josue Solis just graduated from Doan. I, I mean, I can go on. I, I get so excited talking about that. I mean, that's what changes kids' lives right there, and, and, and that's what really makes a difference is, is those kinds of stories. We just had four kids this year um, who went off and were successful, graduate from the Fresno City College Police Academy, and, you know, are actually working for the Fresno Police Department right now. Um, Zane Platt has been working for the Fresno Police Department for since 2016. He wrestled for me 2006, 2007 and went to, I don't know if it's Eastern or Western, but one of the Northeastern Oklahoma or Northwestern Oklahoma, one of those, and graduated, wrestled from there, got a degree in biology, and now he's a policeman. Um, so, you know, you're absolutely right about the Division Two and NAI. That's where a lot of our kids go. They have a lot of success and changing their lives, Jason. Yeah, so I guess it's not just the it's it's not been Pacheco up at Sac City that's been sending those kids into the Dakotas based on the you know some of the schools you were naming <laughs> off there. I mean, hey, 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 you go good. You know they need some more. NA, you got to send them to the NAI schools down south if they like the warm climates. That's that's I'm sure that's uh, that'll be number one on the list for those who are enjoying a warmer climate. But yeah. when we look at Again, the makeup. We ask this question to every coach every year uh, in the California Community College system: Is is the fall calendar? And you are you are the only college wrestling going on. The women will pick up in kind of October. So, but but for you know September, most of October, you guys have you know the wrestling world you know to yourselves, with the exception of oh, when the world championships gets pushed into October and things are kind of overlapping. But you know, each year we ask this. I mean, what what's the general prevailing thought about uh, keeping it in the fall versus maybe aligning it in the winter time where you could maybe have some more interaction with with other junior college programs nationwide? Oh, you know, honestly, my thought on that, Jason, is I'm not sure why everyone else hasn't changed their wrestling season <laughs> to the fall by now. Um. And, and really, on a serious note, you know, I, I, I'm not completely in tune with the Division One's doing, and, but you know, they've been really looking towards spring and moving towards spring, and and for some of the reasons why, I, I just don't really understand and <clears throat> don't necessarily agree with. Um, you know, my wrestlers for the their best semester in college is absolutely in their wrestling season when they're in wrestling season, and. They do best when they're in wrestling season, coming right into the fall and competing in season. You know, one, the kids actually kind of like it. We compete almost the same amount of time as, you know, an NAI or Division II. Um, you know, Division One's a little longer. Um, but, um, you know, if you were to ask me that question 10 years ago, I would have probably had a great answer for you as to, you know, how we're trying to align ourselves with the Division One, or, you know, the next level. And But honestly, um, I love our fall. I, I think it's great for wrestling. I think it's great for our athletes. I think it's great for our sport. 
Um, I see way more of a future in trying aligning our sport with football and doing more events like the football event rather than, um, you know, worrying about trying to get away from March Madness. And, um, you know, I don't know why we want to go into the spring and get into, you know, our, our international season. I mean, we're having starting to have great success there. Um, I just see the capture of the moment in, in the fall semester. I think it would be great if somebody would really seriously look at that. Um, you know, I think traveling over Christmas break and in January is just terrific for the Midwest. And, um, you know, it, <laughs> we travel to Cerritos just so everyone has a, you know, we travel to Cerritos. So for Fresno, it's maybe normally a four hour drive and we have to go over the grapevine. Well, when we traveled down there, we hit a snowstorm. The grapevine got closed and we got diverted, had to go through Tehachapi around the 58 and, so it ended up a seven and a half hour bus trip, a normal four hour bus trip. So, and we saw snow into Hatchby when we were going through there. We saw it was sticking on the ground. So it was quite an experience for us. So, <laughs> so you know, a little sidetrack there, but I, I really love the fall semester. I really do. And um, I, I think it's great for the sport of wrestling. And the longer I do it, the, the more and more I enjoy it. And, um, you know, I know the kids, absolutely enjoy a fall semester wrestling season how does that work with you know i'm looking at it you make a point now is a lot of the the winter sports they're battling for gym time you're looking for if you want your arena but uh, you know, we're looking yep. at how how it works out with california a lot of the schools there uh, that's also a very fertile recruiting ground for for college football junior colleges and and things of that nature i know several several players from california have, have gone on all over i mean several it's hundreds basically a year that go on, but you know, how, how does, how does the programs work in the fall when you've got that football situation in wrestling? I mean, how, you know, people say, Oh, we can get the football players to wrestle. Well, that really doesn't happen at the next level. It's, it's a rare occurrence, but you might lose out on a heavyweight here and there, but, or, or, you know, across the road down at, at Fresno state with, with Hokit going from fullback to heavyweight, but, or 197, but you know, in terms of the athletic department, it, you think it, it strain-wise, I mean, right. scheduling, where is the benefit in your, your opinion here? Actually, really, for all those reasons, I mean, you know, the only gym time we really fight is we collide sometimes with volleyball. And, you know, in the last couple of years, we actually had an event a couple of years ago where we kind of tag-teamed, you know, volleyball went first, we went second, you know. Um, you know, we advertised it. I forget exactly what the little term was they used, but – um, you know, it was kind of cool to roll in after the volleyball. Um, you know, in junior college, as far as football and scheduling, you know, at least at Fresno City College, we're kind of a big school. So, you know, football has its own kind of training staff. And, um, you know, the other side, I say wrestling, volleyball, basketball, we kind of have our own training staff. So we don't collide typically too much there. But <clears throat> I just see it way more as an asset. We've never really had an issue with it in, you know, in our school. I mean, either football's home or we're traveling. And like I say, we don't really have shared facilities. And um, football's one game a week. Um, you know, wrestling a couple of duels a week, you know, maybe a tournament every other weekend. Um, I, I just, you know, I just see it as a way more of a benefit, Jason. I haven't really thought about it a whole lot from an administrative standpoint. Um, but, you know, we haven't had much resistance or even – I mean, it's been all positive, at least out here for the community college. And we've been going in the fall since 1982 or 1983. 
Let's shift gears to this season because the the this is a debate or not a debate. It's really a discussion that we kind of bring up again every time we have a California junior college coach on, whether it be you, whether it be Coach Pacheco, whether it be Donnie Garriott down at Cerritos. But talk about this season. Big time, big time tournament. First time in the league's history that 12 wrestlers placed in the tournament for one team. And, of course, uh, 12 was opened up a couple years ago for multiple entries at a weight class. Uh, didn't quite set the team scoring record, but you know a dominant performance. Nine in the semis, seven in the finals, four champs. I mean, you just put this this team's performance in perspective to some of the other teams you've had over the years that have that have won titles. Um, they were we were really good this year. Um, <laughs> well, un, undefeated so, in duels, and you win the title. Oh, we're really good this year. Yeah, we were really good. It was, uh, uh, you know, it was a, <clears throat> it was. It was a little difficult team to kind of get a reign of in the beginning of the year and getting everyone tried to get on the same page. We had kids, you know, who, you know, had been off to some universities and come back. We had a lot of kids from a lot of different places and, and we had five freshmen on the team also. And so uh, it took, you know, midway through the year, I think, before we started to get onto the same page. And, you know, about the beginning of November, we really started clicking and, 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 and really started wrestling, a, um, you know, a little different, more of a collegiate style of wrestling and, and really started getting after it. And the one thing I, I you know, this team, they, they worked really hard. And, and at the end of the year, they really came together as a team. And, you know, it was fun to be around them. They were, it was a very loose team. That was one thing that's been different about this team than most of the other teams. And maybe that's why they, you know, drove me a little crazy is they were they they seem to be very relaxed and loose all the time and um i'm not necessarily that way so uh but they were it was they were a great team i mean you know all the records you said uh yeah you know each team's like a different child to me you know this child was a little crazy in the beginning but we got her under control and she was fun to be around as we look at the individual performances, uh, champions Isaiah Perez at 133, Daniel Reeves at 149. Uh, is it, uh, yeah, I asked you this beforehand. I'm going to blank on it. Uh, Augustine Garcia at 165 and, and the aforementioned Admiral Romero at 174. Anything, what, what stood out about these four guys that, that kind of led them to championships this year? Well, Isaiah was returning. You know, he won it last year. Isaiah had a very successful high school career. And, um, you know, Isaiah, I teased him. It, you know, he tried not to win it this weekend. He, he he had a you know, he had a tough match in the semis and, you know, really had to gut that one out to win and you know, he didn't really have his best performance in the finals match, but you know, that's just his you know, his skill level. He found a way to win and gutted it out and um it's been fun to watch Isaiah grow up, you know, the last couple of years and really turn into a fine young man and and really kinda get tough. Um you know, I, being from Pennsylvania, I like that toughness. And he really showed some toughness this year. Um, you know, Daniel Ruiz is the exact opposite. Daniel graduated from high school four years ago and went into the Army. And he, he just got out in April and came and joined the team. So Daniel's, Daniel's a little bit of an older guy, and he's tough. Um, Daniel just kind of had to learn how to wrestle a little bit and, and learn how to, how to relax. Daniel, you know, he gets a little uptight. but he, he was fun to coach, you know, being a little older and the army guy and, uh, you know, everyone kind of looked up to him and teased him for being old. 
Augustine, we call him Augie. Augie, I, uh, you know, I don't know what Augie is. Absolutely, Augie that see, I can't even talk about Augie. He just he he he's an amazing athlete, man. He is an amazing athlete. He wrestled in the state tournament like an absolute champion. None of us have ever seen him wrestle like that all year long. My assistant asked him, Augie, how come you didn't wrestle like that all year long? He said, Well, because I didn't have to. And uh, so that's Augie in a nutshell. He's got a very bright future ahead of him, um, a very bright future. And uh, he, he, he just absolutely cracks me up. And then you have Mr. Romero, you know, he kind of bounced back from, a, from back east. And, you know, he got a second life in the sport of wrestling. And he trained very hard and very workmanlike and, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of flashy out there on the mat. And, and really enjoys wrestling under the spotlight. And, um, you know, it was, it was good to see him get started back on the right path and use wrestling to do that and, and have the success. And, and he worked hard. Uh, he, he worked hard for that success, too. And he got headlocked in the first 20 seconds or so. That was close. He almost that could have changed that match big time. But um, it, w- it was fun sitting in their corner in the finals for all of them. Now, as we look at the dynamics of this this team, I mean, you talked about Perez. You know, he said he tried, tried to give it away. He, he only beat his teammate one nothing in the regional finals. So, uh, with the dynamic of adding the multiple qualifiers per weight class, the NAI has done that for a while. What has that added for for you as a coach the last several years? That's been uh, been allowed. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, it gives life to a lot of kids in the team and. You know, I don't know how many wrestling programs you look at. You know, you always have, you know, you're starting 10 in college, it's 10. Well, you always have those one, two, maybe three guys in the room that, you know, you look at, gosh, on, on most any other team, you know, those guys are starters. You know, on our team, we just happen to have one of the best kids in the state and this kid's behind them. So it gives life to those kids. It gives them reason and purpose to stick around to the end of the year. It gives them hope. Um and both of our second team, you know, I, I guess if you could say second team guys are, are, are going to get scholarships. Um, they're going to get scholarships and opportunities to wrestle after junior college and matriculate. And, and to me, that's what it's all about, is giving kids opportunities. Um, and, you know, these kids have made the most of it, and, and, and they've got to move on. And, you know, Fresno City, you know, we, we were able to fill all 10 weights, but you know, I mean, if, if you can't fill two weights, I mean, how many times do you look around and you have two little guys or two big guys on the same team that are that are either equal or, or you know, like I said, one's very, very, very good and the other guy is good. He just happens to be in that weight. So it just creates more opportunities for wrestling. And I think it's just another opportunity for wrestling to get outside of the box and try to grow and better the sport and you know, and that's one thing as I get older, I, I look at is how can we make wrestling better? I don't want wrestling to die. And, and we need to grow our sport and we need to do more things like this 12. And we need to give more kids opportunities. And, and so I, I really like that. Competitively, nothing in a dual meet competition was really close this year. 20, 24 to 12, I think was the closest one. You won the state championship handily over the, uh, the south, the 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 south section there, and what's what is the makings of a successful team in your mind? Is if, if from the combination of is it tournament strength? Is it dual meet strength? Is it you know how you make up the tournament schedules? Because there's not a whole lot of variance. You you hit the same couple tournaments each year, and then you've got your dual schedule. But you know 
from a from a coaching aspect, I mean, what what's the perfect team for you? Uh, that's a good question. You know, if if I wasn't uh, a coach, I would probably talk about how we need to do more dual meets and put a little bit more emphasis on dual meets. Um, I am going to try to next year put my money where my mouth is and cut out a tournament and increase my dual meets um, and travel a little bit to get some dual meets. Um, you know, I don't know what the perfect team is, is Jason. I've been on both sides of a shutout and a dual meet and, and I don't really like, I don't really enjoy either side. It's far more better to, to be on the give side than the receive side, you know, any day of the week. But, um, you know, the perfect team, I, I don't know. We we were pretty close this year. We won pretty much everything we entered. Um, you know, it was it was great. It was fun to be a part of it. I know that that ride is going to end soon, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of, to be honest, torn between a, a tournament and a dual meet. Um, I see the value of a dual meet. I see the value of people coming into my gym. I see the value of of you know the the non-wrestling fan um and and that again goes to my push towards the fall semester i think we have more of a captive audience and can get more of that non-wrestling fan that casual fan um you know at the jc state tournament you know most people in the gym are are friends or family or girlfriends of the people competing um you know so I mean, I'm old school. I mean, I'm, I'm an old school PA boy. I mean, I love the tournament, you know. Uh, I mean, that's just where everything has been made. And um, But, you know, at the same time, I don't like traveling for a dual meet and, and having people not wrestle me and, and, you know, dodging some of the better kids and, you know, not weighing this kid in because we don't want to wrestle this kid because, you know, we don't want to lose our seed in the regional tournament. Um, you know, I've I've seen both sides of that, and the same discussions we're having with uh, the division ones. You know, you know, we're talking about wrestlers. Yep. You know, oh well, why didn't you wrestle him? Wrestle him? I mean, there's there's been discussions that pretty much everywhere about this. And you know, the thing that I'm starting to see value in Jason is that dual meet. So when you show up, people actually want to see, um, you know, Valencia and Hall wrestle. They could give a crap about Arizona State and Pennsylvania. But on the flip side, you know, if we're in California, I mean. You know, people will come out to watch Penn State wrestle just because they went to Penn State, not because they're the number one team in the nation. Um, you know, people will come and watch, you know, colleges that they went to. Um, I, I really do see the value of that dual meet and making that important and finding a way to somehow make that more important and hold that more accountable. To circle back to the state championship and we look at the the, the dynamic of this team score. I mean, it was, it was a comfortable, you know, almost 70 point, I think a 68, 67 and a half point spread between you and, and Sac city for second. After that, you know, Palomar, which had a pretty strong regional tournament then Cerritos, which has had a really, really strong program the last several years. Um, Mount San Antonio is always, always pretty good too. But you know, when, but what point do you know that you've got this thing locked up? You guys have, have got nine of the semis, you know, when you punch seven through, it's like, all right, pop the champagne. Yeah, it was um, definitely after Friday night when we got to Saturday morning, you know, we kind of, you know, we kind of <clears throat> knew that we had that wrapped up. Um, 
you know, and I think at that point we were just kind of trying to coach for the kids and, and having the kids try to do the best they can and compete for them. Um, you know, it was a strange year, you know, I, I'm, I mean, we've had a, I've had a lot of success in one state titles. I, I can't really think of a time that we've really dominated like this and have not been so stressed and freaked out and so worried about every takedown and every escape and every stall call. And, um, you know, this year I actually breezed and it was kind of a good time. Yeah, and to give give the listeners some perspective here, last year was, was approximately 30 points. year before... Fresno City and Cerritos. I mean, that was that was five points. That that the tournament came down to five points. Year before, you guys were were behind by about twenty. Uh, then year before that, eight. I mean, it it can it can be a quick spread. You know, the spread can get out of hand in a hurry in that semifinal round. So, I mean, once 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 the kids punch through halfway through, I mean, you say you start coaching for the kids, but from your own your own heart rate, where does where does that go? Does that go from the 140s back down to a 120? Or are you amping in, you know, with your, your VO2 max, like, the entire round? <laughs> it throttles down a little bit, for sure. It definitely throttles down. The anxiety level goes down, and your heart rate goes down, and and uh, you can actually hear your heart rate and hear people yelling and screaming. And, um, yeah, and that's why I say it was kind of enjoyable, um, you know, and not to be all amped up and not to be so into the moment. Um you know, it was fun. Sometimes this coaching stuff is fun. This this weekend was definitely one of those moments where I had a good time coaching. It was fun. Um, of course, you know, when you're winning, of course, it's always fun. But yeah, it was a good time this weekend. I had a good time with the kids. What is the most rewarding thing to you about coaching this level of wrestling? Uh you know, I kind of had an epiphany this year. Um, you know, we had a dual meet, and one of my kids hurt his knee, and he dislocated his kneecap. He ended up finishing the match. We didn't win that match, but he finished the match, and I was super proud of him. And so it's all over with, uh, you know, he's in the training room getting taken care of, and, you know, I asked him, hey, Mikey, you have a ride home, and he doesn't have a ride home. And I said, well, I'll give you a ride home. And so... You know, everyone leaves the gym and the dual meet's over and the match are all put away. And, you know, I'm helping Mikey get his clothes on and put his shoe on. And, you know, I give him a ride around the corner to his house. And we get over to his house and he says, Coach, I, I don't have my keys. I don't have my phone. You know, I don't have my girl's phone. I, I don't know how I'm going to get in. I said, well, you know, where do you live? Show me. So he shows me. And so I jumped the fence. So I'm 50 this year. I just turned 50. So. I jump the fence and I'm cracking up at myself. I jump the fence and I get on the other side and I open up the gate for him and we get him into his apartment and and uh, get him home and and I'm driving home after that and I I just thought to myself, you know, this is this is what I'm meant to do. I I, I absolutely enjoy being here. I absolutely love coaching this level. I I love these kids and I know that I affect these kids' lives and I just. I love being here and I love coaching at this level. And I think California community college is a, I mean, it's a, it's an untapped uh, place of, it's just a great place to coach. I absolutely love it, Jason. Talk about Louis, Louis Ramos here. He's seventh in the state going in based on the rankings and he comes in and he, he makes the finals. He ultimately was losing the finals to the, the top ranked Josh Brown from Cerritos, but guy that's, that's, 
yep. ranked number seven in the state coming into the postseason, and he makes a run to the finals. What was it like coaching him all year? Ah, uh, Louis, 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 fun to coach. Um, <clears throat> Louis does not talk. Um, Louis doesn't talk. I, 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 and I mean that. I think I've maybe heard about five or six sentences from Louis all year long. Louis is just a stud. He shows up every day. He's Perez's workout partner. Um, you know, Louis really started opening up at the end of the year and started coming out of his shell. And, and, and I say opening up, you know, college is a different style than high school, even in junior college. College is a different style than high school. So sometimes getting these kids to do some things a little different than they did in high school is a bit of a challenge. And you know, Louis is a great athlete, and, you know, he had some success in high school. So, um, and, and, and 41s is a tough weight class, man. There are some tough kids in that weight class. That was one of the tougher weight classes in the state this year. So, um, <clears throat> and, you know, Louis, he just really started picking it up towards the Towards the end of the year, you know, he twisted his ankle a little bit in the beginning of the year, and and uh, you know, we had a rough road at Cuesta. You know, we got molly walked over there a couple of times by by a couple of dudes, and that didn't do us any good. But he 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 rebounded, and he works hard, and and we just made a few minor adjustments there towards the end, and a lot of those minor adjustments were the way he looked at things, um, you know, they were more in his brain than they were on the wrestling mat. So, um, you know, and it didn't hurt that we got a good, you know, kind of a draw and, and we got away from Josh. We didn't have to wrestle that guy until the finals. You know, that guy has been our kryptonite all year long. Um, and he's a, he's a tough kid, but, um, I was really proud of Louie. Um, you know, in his semifinal match, you know, he definitely gutted that one out. And, <coughs> and beat that kid. That kid had beaten us during the year also. So, um, you know, that's what's fun about coaching at this level is you get kids like Louis Ramos. You know, Louis is a phenomenal athlete. He's a great wrestler. And, you know, he got really kind of coachable towards the end of the year. And not that he wasn't coachable, but he made some changes. And, um, you know, and it really showed at the end. And, you know, the finals wasn't a great match, but he had a wonderful tournament. When we look at the landscape of California collegiate wrestling, of course, there's the 20 some odd schools in the, the junior college division. Cal Baptist is reclassifying from Division Two to Division One. You get the new program down at Life Pacific, which you've mentioned in uh, San Dimas, right? Yes. Yeah. So every time I, I, I'm going to hear San Dimas, I'm going to think of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. For those of you that grew up in the there 80s, you know that reference. <laughs> and of course, Fresno State, uh, you know, right down the street. Now, Last time we talked, they were just getting their their program kicked off. Now they've they've had a program. Now they're they're back at it on the mats for the second year. And, and what have you seen from the wrestling community there locally? Because it's it's a real you know a cradle of wrestling talent there in the valley there. With what Fresno State and Coach Steiner's been able to bring to the table, he's made a big push about wrestling in the valley. I mean, you're starting to see old school bulldogs coming out and supporting wrestling. You're starting to see wrestling people come out and support wrestling. Um, you know, the, you're starting to hear a little bit of a vibe uh, about wrestling in the Valley. Um, the dual meets, the home dual meets have been absolutely wonderful. You know, I've been able to go to most all of those dual meets. Um, I missed the Minnesota match. We were, we were competing, but um, it's been nothing but great for wrestling in the Valley and in California. Um, you know, he's got almost all local guys. Um, you know, they're having some success and, and they're doing good things. They're involved in the community and, 
and what I'm happy about is the community supporting them, both going to the matches and, you know, in the community. Um, you know, there's a good positive vibe about Coach Steiner and, and about the team and about wrestling. And, um, you know, we're going to start. Fresno State has not had a graduating class of wrestlers since 2005. This area is starved for wrestling coaches. And it's, you know, it's starved for young people to come into the community and, and, and teach and coach wrestling. So, you know, for me, that's what I'm, I'm, you know, a couple more years, you know, every couple of years, he's going to start turning out these, these coaches and wrestling people into the community. And, and, you know, California needs that. This area needs that. And, and you can feel there's a, there's a good positive vibe about the program and, and what's going on and, and it's a good time for wrestling in California, for sure, right now. You've also got a little bit of a youth movement with some of the recent coaching hires, as you know, guys like John Saritas, Manny Rivera, you know, Coach Borelli at Stanford. Uh, he's not, he's not, they're not older than me. I can tell you that. And I, I'm, I'm still not in my forties. And J- Jason Welsh up at San Francisco State at the Division Two level. Yep. So it's given your wrestlers an opportunity to to be coached by guys once they leave the program. And they have maybe those Division One, Division Two in-state aspirations. As, as there's more of them now, even you have an NAI option there with with Life Pacific, Arizona Christian. Uh, you know, in, in Arizona's also announced they're starting an NAIA program soon. So uh, you've got opportunities to see your wrestlers. Not just you don't have to send them to the Dakotas all the time anymore. And what, what's it mean to you as as a one as a Bakersfield alum? Uh, excuse me, CSU Bakersfield, not Bakersfield College, which is the other other wrestling school there. As you've got a couple of them in Bakersfield, like you've got two in Fresno there, but you got that opportunity to to stay home and see your kids at the next level. Oh, it's a wonderful thing, and that's one thing I tell my kids: if you're good enough to stay in California and compete in California, then stay. You don't have to leave. Um, but you know, there's not room for for all of them to stay in California. Um, that's just a great thing. I, I love to see, you know, the sport growing out here and, you know, Fresno state's going to make big feel better and going to make Stanford better. And, um, you know, the West coast, um, uh, you know, I would like to see it, you know, get back to the so-called glory days, you know, UCLA came and wrestled in our open tournament. Um, you know, USC has a wrestling club. Um, you know, the state has over 25,000 high school wrestlers, there's room for wrestling to grow out here. Um, you know, this is a, like, I mean, this is an untapped potential for anyone who wants to coach high school, junior college, college. I mean, you know, the, the, the programs, you know, the one thing people have to do is you kind of have to forge your own road a little bit, but um, you know, it's there. Um, the opportunities are there and <clears throat> the, there is a youth movement. I mean, women's wrestling, this year, you know, California high school, you know, both women's and men's are competing in the same tournament under the same building during the same days on the same mat. Um, so, you know, it's, it's growing. It's making changes. When it comes to your coaching style, any coaching changes that need to be made in terms of uh, how, you, how you teach? Because you got, what, eight titles in 13 years? Is that right? Yep. Yeah, not a whole lot needs to change from our vantage point, but from from you, what do you tweak each year after each title? You you know you've you've got to improve as a coach because if you, you 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 stop learning, you stop being good, right? I don't know if that's a saying or not, but you know what do you got to keep doing uh, to true. keep to keep yourself fresh and and always learning, even with the level of success you have. Well, 
maybe we can talk after this and you can bleep this section out so my assistant doesn't hear it. But, um, <laughs> you know, this year, more than any other year in my coaching career, I, I let my assistant run practice. Um, I let him blow the whistle. I'm a big practice guy. I love going to practice far more than matches or tournaments. And, um, you know, I've always been the one who always ran practice and was very involved in practice. And, you know, the last couple of years I've let him do more and more drills and more and more stuff. And, and um, you know, he's really kind of helped me see a different part of wrestling and how to do the same things that I want to do in a different way. Um, and, you know, he's done the same thing for me through social media. Um, you know, this year we got a sponsored by Adidas. And, um, you know, my kids are really into that. They like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they, they think that's cool to have a shirt that says Adidas on it. You know, um, when I grew up, I was just happy to have a shirt. Um, so it's really different these days. And, you know, my assistant has really helped me see the value of social media, how to make social media work for us um, rather than against us. Uh, you know, I've kind of trusted him in some of those things. Um, and even in the practice room and the way we run some of our drills and how we condition and, um, you know, I, I've let him run far more practices than I've ever let any assistant run ever. And, and lo and behold, we're still successful. Um, we still win. So, you know, it kind of showed me that it's okay to, to delegate and let some of those things go. And, and it actually gives me time to do other things. Um, it was really odd for, you know, in the beginning of the season when Georgie, you know, my assistant, Georgie Moreno, he was the assistant coach of the year. Um, Georgie actually wrestled at Fresno City, wrestled at Fresno State. Um, you know, he's an eighth-grade history teacher. And then he comes over after school and, and comes to practice. Um, and, it, you know, Georgie would run practice, and I would sit on the opposite wall in the room, and it's amazing the perspective from the opposite side of the room, just sitting on the opposite wall, watching the same things. And you know, I got to do a little more coaching this year and put hands on kids a little bit more and say, you know what, you're not doing this right. You need to do this. And, you know, when you're running practice, you don't really get a chance to do those things. So it was good. And I had my first female wrestler this year in 27 years. Um, I had my first female wrestler, Alyssa Balon. She, she did everything everyone else did all year long. She went through Hell Friday. She carried people up the stadium and did wheelbarrows. She drilled. She she wrestled in a few exhibition matches this year. Um, and she helped me kind of grow and help me with my vocabulary for sure, Jason. Absolutely <laughs> helped me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to go down that road, but uh, but Coach Keysaw, in, in, in the time we got left, you know, you're probably one of the few people that actually contributed more to the wrestling shirt a day thing that I was doing that one year than than any other team uh, outside of the shirts that I had for my alma mater. I think I have like seven or eight Fresno City College shirts out <laughs> of that whole ordeal. So uh, I think nice. one of, he sent me he sent me uh, a couple of them, and it was like, and then here comes another one. It's like ah, I can't remember if I sent you some or not. So. Yeah, they, and they were all different, so they still counted. So I appreciate that. And uh, in, in terms of, for those who are still just curious about the entire system, the, the community college system, I guess, what's a quick way you can sum it up as a coach, as an athlete, 
as as a general wrestling fan to say, you know what, you missed the season this year. Here, here's the reason you should pay attention to us next fall. Well, you know what, California Community College is really, a, you know, we're a fall sport. We start competing in September. Um, you know, we have our conference and tournaments just like everybody else. Uh, we conclude uh, the week after Thanksgiving as our north. Uh, and south regions, and that's basically how we break up the state between the north and the south. Um, state tournaments the second weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, and it's extremely competitive. You know, the top, you know, maybe the points don't show this this year, but normally the top three, four teams in California Community College, and, and you can pick any sport you want, baseball, football, basketball, volleyball, wrestling. Um, our top, you know, three, four schools, when you get down to the end, are extremely competitive, and and they're as good as you know a, a top ten NAIA school, you know, as a top fifteen Division two school. Um, you know, I'm not going to say we will beat those schools, but they're competitive with those. That, that's about the level of play we get to. So, um, you know, it's not your upper echelon Division one athletes, um, but these kids compete and then they get after it, and then. Um, it's a good product. You know, at the end of the year, it's a, it's a good product. And I can say that for all of our sports, not just wrestling. It's a, it's a good product. That is the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. Thanks to Coach Paul Kisa of the Fresno City College Rams. Coach, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for uh, for giving us the insight on the league. And, and we didn't even, we went through the whole episode, and only now we're going to mention Scrapple. There we go. I miss Scrapple. No, you, you don't. I miss it. You don't. <laughs> you don't i'm just gonna leave it at that all right thanks coach appreciate the time take care jason thanks so much for having me the short time wrestling podcast is proudly outfitted by compound clothing shirts singlets custom gear orders everything you need call up cliff and the crew at cmpteamwear.com hey you know what did you like the show you want to hit that subscribe button, mattalkonline.com slash listen. Various different ways to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher of choice. And if you're already subscribed and you're already listening and you love the show and you want to support this show and this network, mattalkonline.com slash join the team. Become a team member today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.